Welcome to today's video on grinding your own flour with the grain mill. I am doing a full review of my Nutri-Mill Harvest flour mill. I'm making this a part of the Building the Home Economy series because this series is about the importance of women knowing how to have a productive home economy. And part of that is providing healthy food for your home and financially being a good steward. And I find both of these things in investing in a grain mill. It's better for your health and it is, once you have the initial investment of buying a grain mill, it's gonna be much cheaper to buy wheat berries than it would be to buy flour. I'm sharing this now because Nutramilk is having a massive sale on this grain mill. I paid 349 for mine. I think there's another two days, it ends the 12th. So if you're watching this and it's after the fact, don't worry about it, don't stress out. They do sales several times a year, so you can just wait for the next sale. For those of you who have been waiting for a sale, I wanted to make sure I got this video out before the sale was over so you could jump on that. And I will have my link below if you wanna use my affiliate link. It is an investment, so there is no rush in buying these things. There is always going to be another sale another day, and they always do a Black Friday sale, so you could always save up and wait until then as well. I actually really wanted a hand crank mill because I thought if the electric goes out, then I really want to have a hand crank mill. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that if I have a hand crank mill, will that be another thing that stops me from using wheat berries to begin with because of how long it would take to grind my own wheat berries? So I was like, you know what? Why don't we just start with the electric and then that can be another year's investment project is buying a hand crank mill because they are also very expensive. They're actually, if you get a good one, they're more expensive than the electric ones. <laughs> so that is something I would like to get in the future. But for, at the time I was like, my main focus is just getting started. The reason that I bought this grain mill was one, because of the way it looks. So. I had been actually looking for a grain mill for quite a while and all the ones that I saw, I wouldn't leave sitting out on my counter because I didn't think they were very pretty. And that sounds silly, but where we were living at the time, there was no storage space. If I had a tool like this, it would be sitting out. My entire pantry was exposed because I did not have a pantry. And so I decided to make it look pretty that way it would be a beautiful space, but also functional. And so that's what I was looking for with the grain mill. All of the grain mills that I had seen were white and plastic and sure they function wonderfully, but I had a specific idea in mind of what I was looking for. So when I came across this one, immediately I bought it. <laughs> I was like, this is exactly what I've been looking for. I talked to Scott about it. He knew I'd been wanting one for months. And so he's like, yep, let's get it. And they did have a special going on. I got uh, some added things. It was a flour storage container where it sucks the oxygen out of it was included and a cutting board with a scale was also included. So there was a little bit of a deal with it, but that was the main reason why I bought it was because of the way it looks. Because I already had in mind the why of buying a flour mill was because for health benefits. I had been making sourdough for I think a year at that time, and I was using Azure flour, which I do think Azure's flour is probably better than most flours on the market, but still flour that is shelf stable is going to be missing all of the nutrition ingredients because it is shelf stable. So 
When I learned about the history of the flower industry, it was quite sad because grinding your own flour really wasn't even something that our grandparents did. It was a long extinct art form because in the mid 1800s, the roller mills were imported from Europe into America and all of a sudden white flour was born. There's three parts to a wheat berry. There's the bran, there's the germ, and there's the endosperm. And the steel rollers would peel away the oily germ, then take off the bran, and then you would be left with the endosperm, which was this floury white powder, and also conveniently shelf stable. So, where once we had thousands and thousands of small mills throughout the country freshly grinding flour, making rustic breads for the community, those small flour mills were dying because these giant industrious roller mills were now birthed into America and it made shipping flour way more convenient because you now didn't have an expiration date on flour. Flour could last a very long time. So now these small stone ground flour mills couldn't compete with the demand of white flour that people wanted from these massive roller mills. And people did want the white flour. It was considered a luxury food. And the poor people were left with the nutrient-dense brown whole wheat bread, but they didn't know anything about this at the time. So it's not their fault. They didn't know that they were stripping all of the good ingredients out of the flour and they were basically left with an empty flour by the time that they got their white flour. They didn't know this. So we've become so used to what stripped flour tastes like in breads, pastries, anything you buy is made with flour, not stone milled flour with all three of the bran, endosperm, and germ. Those Having those three in, a, in bread or any baked good is nearly unheard of. And so it becomes a challenge when you start grinding your own flour and you start to realize that the texture is way different than anything you've been used to and it is now a massive learning curve. So that is a bit of the short, my summarized version of the history of how we went from stone ground, wheat berries, beautiful artisanal rustic breads to the flour industry today where a flour bag can sit in a factory for months and even years before it hits the shelf of a store and then you end up making bread with it and unfortunately ends, ends up being not very nutrient dense. And so that was what motivated me to buy the grain mill is because I wanted, if I'm gonna be making bread, if I'm gonna go through the work of making sourdough, I want it to be as nutritionally good for us as it can possibly be. For me, that meant investing in the stone ground mill. I wanna go through the positives of this. I don't have comparison with any other mills. I don't know how other mills do compare to this. This is just from my experience and I love this. Obviously, my major pro, the reason why I bought this one is because I could sit it on the counter and not have to put it away because it looks so nice. It's It goes with everything. And you can get different colors for this. I liked the white one, but you can get all different colors. 
Another positive of this one is that it is a stone ground mill, and so by that you can see the two pieces of stones. If you just push that button and turn it, you can get the little stone out so they rub against each other, and that is the stone. And so stone ground flour is supposed to keep your flour at a lower temperature. And I've actually tried that once. I've stuck a thermometer in it as the flower was coming out just to see what the temperature was. And it was below the level that it was supposed to be. So that's pretty cool. So that's another positive to it. Another positive that I haven't really used or experimented with very much is that you can change the thickness of the ground so you can make it extra fine and you can go all the way up to a cracked corn. So if you want to make your own cornbread, you can buy whole kernels from Azure and then put it through there. And when it comes to uh, adjusting the flour consistency or texture or how fine you want it, you can actually turn the knob while it's on. So that way it's easier to actually see the consistency and turn it that way. I usually keep my little knob turned to the finest level because that's what I like using it for. So if you're wanting to make your own cracked beans or ingredients, not all mills do that. So that is a pro of this one. Some of the cons of this, I would say the major one that most people should be aware of is that because this is exposed, you just have a bowl under it. As this is grinding flour, powder gets everywhere, all over everything. And not like excessively, but I have a thing of utensils next to this and I have to clean it quite often because there will be a fine layer of flour or it looks like dust over everything. At our old house, I had some decorations above this and there was a fine layer of dust on it all the time. So if that's something that you think will be bothersome to you, there are other mills that don't have it exposed but keeps the flour contained and that might be something that you like more. It doesn't bother me that much. I actually think it's very therapeutic seeing the flower coming out. I like that, but I could see how for some that would be a con. Then another con is because it is stone milled, it is not going to be as fine as you're used to with store-bought flour. This was a huge issue for me <laughs> that I had to overcome because I was expecting to be able to get this to be the same consistency as store-bought flour. And so I was a little bit disappointed when I could not get it to that consistency. Uh, you can get it very fine, but when you turn this, there will be a point when you hear the stones rubbing each other. It's a screeching noise. And at that point, you do not want to turn it anymore. I did in a desperation of trying to get my flour to be more fine, I turned it to what I thought was still reasonable, but you could definitely hear the stones touching before I even added the berries to it. And it was on that time that one of the stones cracked. Now this comes with a five-year warranty, so Nutramil, I emailed them, took pictures, showed them the problem, and this was maybe my fourth time using it, and they completely replaced it. Sent me a brand new one, apologized for that happening, no issues. So now I kind of want to turn it on so you can hear at what level you should stop tightening it, and that's when you know, okay, I've reached the finest it's going to be, and I'm going to stop there. So that's usually the sound of where I stop it at. Again, that is a con, but 
I don't know if that's normal across all grain mills or if that's just this one, but that has been something I had to get used to is that you now have wheat bran that's part of your flour and that does change the consistency. It's not going to be this powdery flour. There is a little bit of texture in it and that also then translates into your baked goods or whatever you're baking. So this was another thing that I was unprepared for was you really cannot use any old recipe when you're using fresh milled flour. It's best to find recipes that are specific towards fresh milled flour because there's going to be so many dynamics changing once you use fresh milled flour. Fresh milled flour absorbs more liquid than store-bought flour. So those are things to think about. It's best to find recipes, especially if you're new. I wish I would have known this. I learned the hard way by trying many recipes, having many fails, many frustrations, and even wondering, was it worth buying this? Because I had no idea that a recipe should be specific to fresh milled flours. Now, I also had fun trying things out. So once I realized that it's going to be different, I experimented with recipes and tried my own way of doing things. And that was a lot of fun. But if you're new, I just recommend finding recipes already. There are many websites. I will link some of my favorites below. I'll also put some of the book titles and authors that I recommend below and uh, some that you guys have recommended to me back when I was on Instagram as well. The two books that I am going to share with you because I have them is Southern Ground and Flower Lab. So this is definitely for the artisanal baker, someone who likes to be make croissants and really fancy foods. So I recommend this book for those of you that like tougher things. I actually made this one, uh, Potato Noki. He gives recipes for fresh milled uh, pasta and bread, focaccia, pizza, all of them. And it's really good. And then Southern Ground, I feel like is your everyday type of stuff. So I have a few absolute favorites in here. There is a coffee cake that is so easy. It is a no fail. Every time I've ever made it for people, it has been so loved because that's been another thing for me. I am hesitant to bring fresh milled baked breads to potlucks or, you know, to places where people aren't used to fresh milled bread because it does have a different consistency. But with a lot of the baked goods, I don't notice that big of a difference. Now, this book I've really learned a lot from, has a lot of really good recipes and something else that, again, I didn't realize, there are recipes that do require you to sift out the bran because you don't want the bran in every recipe. And so that's where it's important to have a sifter. So my friend Cassidy had told me about uh, these two sifters. I'll link the website below. And this is for your like normal flour sifter and this is for extra fine. So for making pastry or croissants, you want extra fine flour. And I wouldn't recommend getting this unless you get this because I think it would be very challenging to sift straight into this. It's best to go from this one to this one. And these are stainless steel. And some recipes do ask that you would 
sift your bran out. And I don't know exactly why. I think it has something to do with the texture or the consistency or something the brand does, but these recipes, especially this Southern Ground one, will give you how much of the bran to sift out because you sometimes will only need to sift out a little bit of the bran. And even when you do that, I always save my bran. I put it into a glass mason jar and I put it in the freezer and I usually will then add it into crackers later. So I always will still use the brand at a later date. And that goes really with all flour. So if I happen to overgrind too much flour than what I need, I would just put it in a mason jar and put it in the freezer and use it next time and that works out perfect. You never want to grind flour and then just leave it out because your flour will go off and that's the whole point of grinding your flowers so that way you have it fresh and it maintains all of the good parts of it and it doesn't go rancid. So that is a massive tip that I wish I would have known is find recipes that are specific to fresh milled flour. Now there are a lot of recipes that will say use one cup of fresh milled flour and one cup of store-bought flour. I have never done that. I think for me, I was kind of an extremist when I bought this. The whole reason I bought this was so we could reap the benefits of having our flour milled fresh. And so I stopped buying flour completely. I had not bought any flour since buying this until last month when I bought that five pound bag of einkorn from Azure and I bought that to make dehydrated sourdough. And also I am in a season of life where I can fully learn this. So I can understand if you're a new mom and you just need flour, go buy the flour. But for me, I really wanted to learn the art of grinding my own flour and that also was important for me with recipes. I didn't want to use recipes that use half store-bought flour. I wanted to figure out recipes that worked with whole grain flour. And there are recipes that work. So if you haven't found any, keep trying, keep looking at different ones. One of the easiest things to do with fresh ground flour is pizza. I don't sift anything out. It is so easy. I will link the recipe that I follow below. It is a recipe from Little Spoon, I think the website is, and it's for people that use normal flour. And I use my fresh milled flour and it equates perfectly. I've never had any problems with it. So there are some recipes that will work without changing things like that recipe was specific towards store-bought flour but I can use my fresh milled flour and it works totally fine. You just have to try it and see if it'll work. Another thing I did not know about was not all wheat berries are for the same function. When you start looking up wheat berries you'll see that there's hard white wheat berries, hard red wheat berries, soft white wheat berries, sprouted wheat berries, <laughs> and so I didn't know that there was a different use for the hard and the soft wheats. And then I discovered that soft wheat is for pastries, cookies, light things. And you can use hard white or soft white for cookies. I actually have a video where I did an experiment on this. I'll link it below. But I, both Scott and I agreed that the soft white flour cookies tasted better, had a better consistency than the hard white. There are circumstances where you do not want to mix them up. So that's why it's so important to follow a recipe that says use a soft wheat berry or use a hard wheat berry. And these two cookbooks that I show you even give specific types of wheat berries like 
a red fife wheat berry. And I don't always follow those, but they're saying for the best flavor, use this specific type of flour. I once made tortillas using soft wheat berries because I didn't think there could be that much of a difference. They would not hold their form. They wouldn't hold their structure. So as soon as I rolled out the tortillas and I would go to lift them up to put them in the cast iron, they just fell apart and I could not use them to make tortillas. And I didn't know that you shouldn't use soft wheat for that purpose. You shouldn't use it for bread. You shouldn't use it for pizza. You want to use hard wheat berries for denser items like pizzas, bread, tortillas. And so the difference between red and white, as far as my experience, is you're going to get more of a whole wheat flavor with the red wheat. It's definitely more nutty, whereas the white is more of a neutral flavor. So for pizza, I like using red wheat. For tortillas, I like using hard white. So I think that's more of a personal preference, but again, most recipes that are specific to fresh milled flour will tell you which one to use, which is very helpful for beginners like I was. Something else that I started doing was I stopped measuring by cups, which is a very American thing to do, and I started using only my scale in grams to measure everything. Because weight does matter. You're gonna get way more of an accurate recipe if you are weighing your ingredients using a scale and following the grams than if you are using a cup, because there are a lot of room for error if you are just using a cup. And so I highly recommend finding recipes that are gram and measuring it with a scale. That's really helped me with being accurate because there, again, with baking, you really, accuracy is important. I now understand years of watching Great British Bake Off, why they use scales. I, when I first started watching it, I think in 2017, my sister told me about it and I thought it was so weird that they measured everything. I didn't realize that was a common European thing to do or actually common, I think, rest of the world thing to do. I was so used to using cups and now I can totally understand why they use the scale. Another pro that I forgot to mention with this is it's not just wheat berries that you can grind. If you are gluten-free, you can buy oat groats from Azure and you can grind your own oat flour, which is amazing. I grind millet, sorghum, you can grind beans. I've ground black beans in this before. You can grind rice, legumes you can grind. Actually, the book that comes with your harvest mill, it also has recipes in it, which are really nice. And then it also gives very clear directions of how to use it, how to get it going. They tell you to run rice through it the first time just to get any stuff out from when it was made, any factory stuff. And then it also gives you a list of all the things that you should never grind in the mill, like chia seeds, sesame, flax, sunflower, popcorn, coffee beans, herbs, and then it also then gives you all of the list of things that you can grind in it, like kamut, spelt, farro, rye, sorghum, millet, buckwheat, brown rice, lentils, chickpeas. So many, I mean, chickpeas are pretty big and you can grind that in here. Split peas, pinto beans, soybeans, so many things. So it's nice to also have this book that comes with it. I think the main reason I wanted to share this video, oh, also I forgot to share that you get this little thing with it so you can clean out the little nozzle. And this is actually very helpful. There are some recipes where I like running it through the grain mill twice, which is something that you can do. You can run your fresh milled flour through it again. And then I use this little thing to brush it down and that's really helpful. 
and it does actually help get it to be more fine. I really wanted to share this because I think for me I was really naive going into it and I dealt with a lot of frustrations because I didn't know a lot of these things and I thought it was going to be a fairly seamless transition from store-bought flour to grinding your own flour and I think to look at it look at it as an art form <laughs> that it is something fun to learn and to experiment with and to prepare your family that there's going to be different textures with the food that you make but it's how our food was meant to be that we were meant to have you know more dense textured rustic bread and it does take some time to get used to the texture of those things and then there are some things where it's really not that different i make these peanut butter chocolate chip cookies with soft wheat berries and they are delicious and i don't think that if you didn't know it was fresh ground flour i don't think you would know because they're just really delicious and so there's going to be some things that are totally fine and no one would know but from my experience the bread it is fairly obvious that it is a different texture. It's more dense. Like I used to always get all those little holes in my sourdough bread and I don't get that at all anymore, which is fine. It still tastes amazing. I mean, the flavor is amazing. The flavor of everything I make is so rich, especially the hard red berries. It's very nutty and flavorful. So I think it's important just to remind yourself why you're doing it it's better for you and it's worth it to keep trying and hopefully you can find go-to recipes that you just use for now on that's what i've been trying to do is keep a list of recipes that have worked and stick with those things i have certain go-to recipes like that coffee cake recipe is one of my go-to desserts that i make for other people because i know i can use my fresh ground wheat and that it's also going to be something that people will still really like and not have to get used to or think that it tastes different than what they're used to. And finally, where I get my wheat from, I get most of the things that I grind in my grain mill <laughs> from Azure Standard. I really like the quality of their stuff. Janie's Mill is also another great option. They're out of Illinois and there are many, we are blessed in our country to have many wheat farms that are organically grown. So you can research who's ever near you and try to find a local wheat berry source. And that's always an option as well if you don't have access to Azure or if you would prefer to find a more local source. On that note, I always do sift through my wheat berries before I grind them. I have found many, many things in my wheat berries that I would never want to put through my grain mill into our food. And I'm not even gonna go into the many things that I have found, but I will say I highly recommend you sort your wheat berries before you put them in your grain mill. If anything, you are gonna get out little seeds because if you're buying organic wheat, it's from a field that hasn't been sprayed with pesticide, it hasn't killed all the weeds, so you, it's inevitable that you're gonna have other things growing in the wheat field that end up being processed with the wheat berries and that's gonna be in your wheat berry bags and so I always end up sorting mine just to get those seeds out because when we first started we didn't know what to do and Scott did some research and uh, someone said that if you don't sift your berries and there's all kinds of other different seeds in it that could change totally the flavor profile of whatever you're eating because some of those seeds 
are very bitter. For me, it's been really important. It's worth the time. And if you have kids, that can be a fun project for them to do is sort and pull the things out of the wheat berries. I do it because I've even found rocks in my wheat berries. And yeah, that's just stuff that I do not want to be put in my food. So I always sort them. So I hope that you found this video helpful. I know, again, a lot of you guys, just like my cast iron video, do already grind your own flour, which is really cool. So if you have any tips or things that I forgot to mention, feel free to share those below, what's helped you with the learning curve. And I hope that you have found this video helpful. Like I said, this harvest mill is on sale until the end of July 12th. I do have an affiliate link with them. So if you'd like to use that, I will have that below. And if if you're watching after the fact you don't have to stress out about it they do sales many times they always do a black friday sale and i believe it's the same as this one so you can just keep that in mind for november so i hope that this has been helpful i bless you and the rest of your day we hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can support our channel by leaving a review on Apple Podcast, or if you would like to purchase from our shop, our website is homewithkelly.co. We have organic rooibos that we bring in from Scott's home country of South Africa. It is a delicious, no caffeine tea, loose leaf. It is so good, iced or warm. And I also have some vintage home goods in the shop and I make some hand bound journals, which are also available. We hope that everything that we share is an encouragement and a blessing to you and your family.